The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the science of machine learning in marketing. Joining us is Dwayne Varon, who is the founder and CEO of Media Science, which is a lab-based audience research provider incorporating a range of neuro measures, including biometrics, facial expression analysis, eye tracking, EEG, and more. With state-of-the-art labs in New York, Chicago, and Austin, Media Science is discovering actionable insights in advertising, technology, media, and consumer trends. Yesterday, Dr. Duane and I talked about how artificial intelligence and machine learning are changing consumer research. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about some of the innovations from AI and ML in the MarTech industry. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Dr. Duane Varan, founder and CEO of Media Science. Dr. Duane, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. It's great to be back. Excited to have you back on the show and excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about consumer research and specifically how media science is taking advantage of some of more cutting edge technologies, monitoring the signals that people give while they are exposed to media and some sort of stimulus. Uh, do your hands get sweaty? Does your heartbeat go down? Does your mouth go up when you see an ad? Those are all different signals that tell us different reactions to an ad, uh, a political statement, uh, somebody's presence. So consumer research is being changed pretty dramatically by some of the testing and science that we're able to do. There's also a fair amount of artificial intelligence and machine learning that is going into the MarTech industry. Let's start off by first off defining artificial intelligence and machine learning. What are the two of them? And then I'm also going to ask you, obviously, what's the impact they're having on the MarTech industry? But start off with giving me the definitions of AI and ML. Well, rather than a definition, I might just talk through, because I think people hear these things and they don't know necessarily what it entails and where the real revolution is, how it is that this kind of like turbocharges everything. I mean, it's really powerful in its implications. I hear artificial intelligence. And I think, oh, that stuff that Google, Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix are doing, and that everybody else says they're doing, but really they're talking about marketing automation or machine learning. Am I wrong? I feel like artificial intelligence, you need this giant data set and people actually aren't using it. 
So artificial intelligence is a broader concept, just the idea that you have machines helping facilitate decisions. But machine learning is more specific and much more accessible than people realize. Machine learning is not as difficult to do. Any company could really start doing it. It's not that hard. Let me give you a little bit of background on what machine learning is and how it works. And I I might use a real world example to help illustrate that. So at Media Science, one of the measures that we use based on software we developed ourselves is we analyze people's blinking behavior. So when you're, you're, you're paying attention, your eyes blink less frequently and your eyes are open for longer periods of time than they are when you're not paying attention or when something is not. I mean, if you think about it, if you're getting drowsy, your eyes are kind of keeping closed longer periods of time, et cetera. That's at the extreme. So we want to measure people's blinking behavior and we need software to do it. And there was not software in the market to do it. So we had to invent our own. Now, our team worked on that for many years. And in the initial years, it was a very, very, very hard challenge because you have to have algorithms to detect a face. Now you need algorithms that detect the eyes. I mean, you can imagine how incredibly complex it is to work out the math that you need to kind of like figure out when an eye is open or closed, given a natural video feed, for example. Now then machine learning comes along and something which we had been working on for four or five years suddenly goes from being a task that requires years to do to something that literally requires days to do. Tell me how that works. How did it move from a year-long project or multiple years to a couple of days? So machine learning, the way that it works is you have a reference. You need a reference library. So in this case, we're interested in people's blinking behavior. We need a library of videos for which we have humanly coded when the eye is open and when the eye is closed. So that's a task. We might farm that out to uh, third world countries or something and get all this data back around when the eye was open, when the eye was closed. And then you give it to the computer and you say to the computer, okay, computer, you go out there. I don't know how to tell you how to do it, but you figure out, here's the data. This is when the eyes open, this is when the eyes close. You figure it out. And that's what machine learning does. And the way that it does it is it literally takes every pixel on the screen and it just creates math around running millions of trials over and over and over again testing different possibilities to see how it can account for that. And then at the end of that process, these millions of data runs that it can do again very quickly, it then gives you an algorithm which will detect whether the eyes open or close. And it's just as good, if not better, than what we would have produced after five years of work trying to get there. So now you have this tool which revolutionizes and anything that you can reduce to a reference library you can actually then start getting that kind of machine learning around. So very, very powerful, particularly in terms of the speed at which you can start to detect these associations. It's also the same idea for what's building self-driving cars. All right, Tesla, I don't know how you're going to avoid it, but here are the car crashes. Go avoid them. Good luck. (laughs) So getting on to artificial intelligence and machine learning's impact on MarTech, when we think about how the applications of being able to process data and allow computers to find solutions, how is that changing what's happening in MarTech where we're weaving multiple tools together and and sort of building a smarter flytrap for marketing? So it's the same idea. If you have data, which we have in abundance, and if you have a voice of truth, and that's indispensable to this working. If you don't have the voice of God in the equation, in other words, if you don't know what really happens, 
And if you put an approximation of what happens, you've just built a bad system. You've built a system that has noise in it that is likely going to get it wrong. So you have to have some point of reference, which is accurate. If you build a system to an inaccurate reference, you're going to amplify the inaccuracies. So you have to have something for which you have some real knowledge about what actually happens. And then you're able to marry those two together to get your effect. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So when we think about how machine learning is affecting the MarTech industry, I, I understand the idea that you need to find a data set and point out what the true target that you're pointing at. I have some data about who's downloading my podcasts. I have a good sense of who I want to target. I can't just build machine learning to turn them into subscribers or turn them into revenue. I need to use a series of tools that are connected together. I've got to figure out who to target. We're using machine learning algorithms that Facebook and Google and all these other companies have put together to help us drive traffic. And then I'm getting someone to my site and there's potentially more machine learning that goes into site optimization. Talk to me about where the actual MarTeching is happening. Where are people using these advanced technologies to do marketing successfully? Well, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, you mentioned at the outset, the big players in the game and how they optimize the content. That's all machine learning. That's all algorithms. The idea of trying to optimize your content, all of that is machine learning. But having said that, this is very quirky as well, because you don't understand exactly why the computer has developed the algorithms it has. And there are very weird artifacts in there. Let me again give you an example. So I talked about the blinking software and our blinking software was particularly good because it was optimized for our labs. So you sit in a cubicle and it's better than you would get in the real world because that algorithm is even more accurate because it's in the same environment consistently with even lighting and a whole bunch of things like that that would not happen necessarily if you were in other environments. But 
We change the furniture once. We change the chairs in our labs. And you see the back of a chair off in the distance. It's not prominent in the image at all. It's just as you're doing it, you see the back of somebody else's chair in the background. And that one difference through our algorithm, our algorithm was operating at 92% accuracy. Suddenly we changed the furniture and the accuracy dropped to 82%. So we lost 10 points off of a quirky thing. Why would the back of another chair impact your algorithm? And this is the problem with this approach. It's atheoretical. You don't understand what happens. And in another study that we did, we had these very interesting results predicting market success, but we broke it down and we looked under the hood and we saw that the order of the alphabet, you know, where the brand appeared in the alphabet was one of the factors which was driving the machine learning's algorithm. Clearly that's not a factor. So it's a very dangerous art as well, because if you're over-reliant on it, you can be making some massive errors without any common sense to kind of like guide it. So when somebody's thinking about building a machine learning algorithm to be more efficient in their business, where are the places that you're seeing them build them the most? Is it in advertising? Is it in site optimization, getting someone through your funnel? understanding who your customers are, where are some of the most common applications? The most common applications really are where you have the data. Already there's analysis occurring around the data. This is now another hand to help you. And again, I, I want to emphasize it's important to not have the AI drive your car for you. That's a riskier proposition than it sounds, but to make sure that it's happening in concert with people who are looking at it rationally still and making sure that it makes sense because it can be a very dangerous and loaded for us, though, it's actually about tools. Where we find the biggest benefit is not relying on it to draw our conclusions, but in relying on it to help us with the tools that we need to be able to draw the conclusions. So it helps us enormously, particularly dealing with very complex algorithms associated with the measures that we have, which are calibrated to the individual. For those kinds of applications, it's huge when you're using it as a tool. I guess what I'm confused about is what you mean by a tool. I hear, well, okay, where should I think about building uh, machine learning to help me optimize my company's performance? And the answer is, it's where the data is. And I'm thinking, is it in my customer acquisition? Is it my retention? Is it you know figuring out my sales funnel and various parts of the marketing funnel and, you know, what are the tools that I should be using? So when you say, well, you use it to evaluate your tools or to optimize your tools, what do you mean by tools? So most people just want to drive. <laughs> they don't need to know all the parts that go into the engine. A mechanic needs to know that. You just want to drive the car. In the same way, there are people who are going to be working with the tools to build the car and maintain the car. But the benefits of that really are to the driver. So let me give you an example. Um, we have a spinoff, which is called Park Connect, and that's software that we make available to the market. It's for the qualitative research industry. So this is for people who do focus groups, in-depth interviews, UX, user design, kind of like research, user experience research. So we make these tools available to them. And there's a lot of AI that goes in because what we've done with Park Connect is we've made the process of doing that research a lot easier by having a virtual assistant, we call her Ava, having Ava basically there to help you the same way that you might have an assistant helping you with some of the tasks that you're doing along the way. So for example, you're doing a Zoom session as a focus group and you're listening to these respondents. The type of things that Heart Connect is doing for you is one, 
It's transcribing everything that's being said so that at the end of the session, you have a transcript. It's translating it. It's translating it into over 60 languages. Again, the translation feature, AI, the transcription feature, AI. Then as the session is happening, it's automatically tagging key content. You might have given it some keywords. It sees a keyword. You have a flag pop up visually for you if you're in the client room. So that's helping draw your attention. Oh, they just said free. So I'm interested here, or they just mentioned a competitor. So Ava is automating the tagging, which you might've had a person do before. Once the session's over, oh, it's tagging the sentiment. So is this a positive sentence? Are they saying something good or negative about the brand? It's tagging that. So you're seeing, oh, that was something positive they just said. And then when you go into the session at the end of the session to do your editing, you can automatically extract. You can say, give me all the negatives. And instantly it gives you all that video. Or you can say, automatically extract anytime somebody talked about the competitor or anytime somebody said the word free or anything you want. And it will automatically extract that. Now, normally with this type of insights research, it takes about six hours for every one hour of actual content for you to be able to extract the insights that you want. This now takes what was six hours of work for each hour, and there might be you know 30 hours of data that you collected, and it takes that and reduces it to almost instantaneously. So you're using the benefits of AI as a tool to give you better access to faster access, better access to the insights. I think the reality is, is that artificial intelligence and machine learnings are all around us in marketing and specifically in the MarTech industry. When you think about how we're advertising, we're relying on the machine learning and artificial intelligence from some of the platforms. When you're thinking about optimizing your site and some of the tools that you use to help you understand what your throughput is there, even things like, hey, content creation, when we're thinking about transcriptions, artificial intelligence, machine learning is not only starting to help us understand, tag, flag, and make meaning out of our content, it's also starting to have us produce it as well. So we're going to continue this conversation talking about other ways that artificial intelligence and machine learning are relevant for marketers in tomorrow's episode. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dwayne Veron, the founder and CEO of Media Science. In the third part of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Dr. Dwayne and I are going to continue the conversation talking about how science has changed the advertising industry. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Dr. Dwayne, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Dwayne Varan. That's D-U-A-N-E-V-A-R-A-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is mediascience.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.